your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 341 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. And a lot has happened since we last talked. A lot of good for that matter. The Rangers have picked up a pair of wins. They defeat the Philadelphia Flyers 4-1 on Friday evening. They then... Also pick up a 6-3 home win against the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday, a game that I just happened to attend. It was a lot of fun. Really nice to be back in Madison Square Garden. Really nice to be anywhere and see a professional sports game because, like a lot of you, for me, it had been well over a year since I attended a Ranger game or really any game at all. So it was great to be back. Uh, definitely a unique atmosphere. Only 10% of the arena full, but... It was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it, and uh, definitely going to talk about my experience there, as well as both of these games. So we might as well start with the game against the Flyers. I know at this point, you know, it's Monday. It was three days ago. It was kind of old news, but I figure, you know, we'll kind of just go through the cliff notes here, then dive into the game against the Sabres in a little bit greater detail. Obviously, two very impressive wins for the Rangers, and they are once again just four points behind the Boston Bruins for that fourth and final playoff spot in the Eastern Division. It's still going to be a bit of an uphill battle. The Bruins still do have two games in hand against the New York Rangers, but it's at least possible, and it's nice that the Rangers are in it, and they're all these young players, you know, getting the experience of a postseason chase, as they started to do last season, and then, of course, the pandemic happened, and we ended up with that 2014 tournament, uh, but either way, you know, I, I think it's a great experience for the Rangers. It'd be fantastic if they could find a way to get in, but these were two very impressive wins, and like I said, we will start with the game against the Flyers, which happened on Friday night. Alex Georgiev gets to start over Igor Shosturkin. I think it made a lot of sense because it was the second game of a back-to-back. -back. And also, Alex Georgiev has really played well recently. you got to give credit where it's due. And he has allowed just seven goals over his last five starts. So very, very impressive for Alex Georgiev. He played very well in this game as well. The other note that I had from Friday's game is that Chris Kreider clearly listens to the show because the last episode that I did, uh, Friday during the day, before this game happened, I kind of called out Chris Kreider a little bit. I wasn't mean or anything like that. It was just kind of like, all right, man, it's time to pick it back up. You know, we know he's a streaky player. We know he can be up and down quite a bit during the course of a season, but he was cold to start the year. He absolutely caught fire for a while. He's kind of fallen off a little bit recently, despite playing mostly on the top line. Of course, there's been a recent change. He's now on the third line. Lafreniere is on the top line. But yeah, I mean, I wanted Chris Carter to kind of pick it up again, and he scored the first goal of the game. Nice little tipping goal on the power play. Uh, Artemi Panarin with a really nice pass, and Kreider finishes from the doorstep. So that was obviously nice to see. Kreider getting back on the score sheet there. And that whole switch between Kreider and Lafreniere. Lafreniere and Zibanejad, they've got something. You know, they there's really some noticeable chemistry uh, between the two of them. I definitely picked up on it being at the game yesterday. We will get to that in due time. But I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other changes that the Rangers have made to their lineup. Of course, Jacob Truba has not yet returned to the lineup. We'll see if and when he gets back this season. But 
you lose a player of Jacob Truba's caliber, and it's going to cause a little bit of a ripple effect. you got to make some adjustments on the fly. So what the Rangers have done, initially, they kept Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren together. You know, And I can't say enough about this pairing, about the job that they do, uh, how good they are both just two years into their NHL career, how they complement each other very well. And for the most part, the Rangers have left the two of them together just about this entire season. But they recently broke them up. And I think it actually makes sense in this instance because, again, you lose Truba, it kind of leaves a gaping hole in your lineup, and there's a ripple effect. you got to make some adjustments. So Fox and Lindgren, I mean, Fox should be the Norris Trophy winner this season. He now leads all defensemen in points. And beyond that, just a fantastic two-way defenseman. It should be his trophy to lose this year. But I think it's at the point where if you split up Fox and Lindgren, it's not like they're going to be lost out there. They're both going to do what they do. I mean, Adam Fox, I feel like I could be out there and be his defense partner, and he probably still wouldn't miss a beat. He's just that good. And Ryan Lindgren, I mean, look, tough physical hockey is tough physical hockey. It doesn't really matter uh, which defenseman you're out there with. I know I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but I was fine with them splitting it up, much in the same way that I usually like them having Zibanejad and Panarin on different lines, simply because I feel like they can elevate their linemates. It's kind of the same deal here, especially with Jacob Truba out of the lineup, because you're dealing with a lot of very, very inexperienced defensemen. Even Fox and Lindgren themselves, it's easy to forget this, but they're inexperience themselves. This is only their second season. But be that as it may, the Rangers opt to go with Libor Hayek and Adam Fox as the top pairing. And then they go with Ryan Lindgren and Zach Jones on the second pairing. And then on the third pairing, you've got Keandre Miller and Brennan Smith. And when Truba first sustained the injury, we were kind of throwing out some ideas as to how the Rangers could uh, could look to replace him and, and look to line up. I mean, you can't really replace him, but you know what I mean, how they would look to line up going forward. And one of the ideas that we had was to put Brandon Smith with Keandre Miller, simply because if you look at the Rangers' right defenseman, or at least the guys who usually play on the right side— I mean, in a lot of ways, Brandon Smith was really the only option to pair with Keandre Miller, and the Rangers indeed did that. But beyond that, you've now got Ryan Lindgren playing with the rookie, Zach Jones, and I kind of like that. You know, Lindgren, big, tough, physical player, brings some snarl, and if anybody tries to, you know, pick on the rookie or anything like that, Ryan Lindgren's going to step in there. It's funny because now you almost think of Ryan Lindgren as like this grizzled veteran. Very, very easy to forget that he himself, again, is just in his second season. And then Adam Fox, I mean, listen, at this point, you could put Adam Fox out there with just about anybody in this league, and he's still going to do what he does. He's out there with Lebor Hayek, and it's kind of cool to see Lebor Hayek uh, get a chance on what is really the top pairing for the Rangers right now, because Hayek, like we talked about, I don't know long-term if he's going to be one of the big six guys, the six defensemen that are always in the lineup night in and night out for the Rangers. That's still being determined. Hayek can either help or hurt his cause to be that player every single time he steps on the ice, but the Rangers really giving him an opportunity out there, uh, putting him on the same pairing as Adam Fox. But we really can't go a second farther on here without acknowledging that Friday night was also Garden of Dreams night. And for anyone who doesn't know, I think everybody is pretty well uh, familiar with the Garden of Dreams Foundation by now. They obviously do some fantastic work with both the Rangers and the Knicks. But basically, uh, for anyone who might not know, might be new to the Rangers, might not know a whole lot about the Garden of Dreams Foundation. It's a nonprofit organization that works with the Madison Square Garden Company and MSG Networks, Inc. to positively impact the lives of children facing obstacles, obstacles such as homelessness, extreme poverty, illness, and foster care. So many uh, players in the New York Rangers have taken it upon themselves over the years to get involved with this wonderful organization. And on Friday, they had quite a few really cool items that were available. If you made a donation to the Garden of Dreams Foundation of $100 or more, then you were entered in a, I guess, drawing, you could call it, to potentially win uh, some really neat prizes that included things like signed sticks, signed jerseys, a personalized message from Sam Rosen, a personalized 
personalized message from Joe Micheletti, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously some cool prizes, but uh, the big thing obviously is uh, the Garden of Dreams Foundation raising all that money uh, for these kids that are facing obstacles. You know, there's some kids that don't really get a fair shake right out of the gate, you know, whether it's an illness or whether it's uh, poverty, whatever it might be. And it's just fantastic work. Cannot say enough about this wonderful organization and uh, the work that they do trying to uh, make a positive impact on some children's lives. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement? Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced, so you can give her something truly special and meaningful. The ring from Platt Boutique is amazing. It's so simple and clean, but the vintage details are just incredible. It's a perfect little ring that's so timeless and would make the perfect gift. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Some quick news from Ranger practice here, and then we'll dive into this game against the Sabres. Of course, the Rangers once again winning 6-3 to yesterday on Sunday. Uh, but from practice, the news is that Colin Blackwell is not practicing for maintenance. He took a nasty spill into the boards late in the third period against the Sabres yesterday. So we will wait and see if he's available for Tuesday's game. If he's not, I would imagine his spot in the second line probably goes to Vitaly Kraftsoff. And then Phil Giuseppe, I would imagine, would no longer be a healthy scratch. He'd get back in the lineup and probably play on the fourth line. That's my best guess. I know at practice right now, Phil DiGiuseppe is skating on the second line, but I get the feeling that if they're going to be without Blackwell, they'll probably end up putting Kraft off on the second line. Just a gut feeling, but I feel like that's how they'd probably line up. And then Jacob Truba skated on his own today and remains out day to day. So obviously, fingers crossed that he can get back to the lineup as soon as possible, especially with a couple of games coming up against the Islanders. It's always physical and a couple of games coming up with the Bruins. That tends to be physical and pretty nasty as well between the Rangers and Bruins this season. So can't get Jacob Truba back soon enough, although it is nice to see the Rangers uh, finding a way to win games without him. Let's go ahead, dive into some details on this 6-3 win against the Buffalo Sabres. Got to start with Mika Zibanejad coming up with his third hat trick of the season. Brings him up to 19 total goals. And it's crazy because obviously his struggles at the beginning of the season were well documented. Mika just got off to a miserable start for this team. I don't know if COVID has something to do with that. I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking it almost must have because he just looks like a completely different player now. He's back to being the Mika Zibanejad that we all know and love. And... It's crazy because, you know, he got off to such a bad start this season. Of course, there's only 56 games. And by the time you're getting toward, like, you know, 15 games played, 20 games played, you start thinking about, you know, as it pertains to Mika Zibanejad, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, Mika's numbers aren't going to be there at the end of the season. They're not going to be what he wants them to be. They're not going to be what we thought they were going to be coming to the season, or they're not going to be what he's capable of. But now, the way he's played down the stretch, again, it's just a complete 180. His stats are almost 
in the range of about what you would expect. In fact, you could even make the argument they are about what you would expect. 49 games played for the Rangers this season for Mika Zibanejad. He's got 19 goals and 26 assists, so 45 points in the 49 games, not to mention the fact that he's got three hat tricks this season, but he's almost back to being a point-per-game player, and yeah, he's not going to be at the same level that he was at last year in terms of how many points he ends up with at the end of the season. Because last year, career season, he had 75 points in just 57 games, but that was actually the first time in his career that he was a point-per-game player. And obviously, he was a point-per-game player by a landslide last season. I don't know if he's going to get back to a point-per-game this year to that plateau, but the case could very well be made that this is the second best season of his NHL career. And when you consider how he started versus that sentence that I just said, the fact that this might end up being the second best season of his career, can't say enough about the job that Mika Zibanejad has done, uh, shaking off what was obviously a really slow start. Everybody was just kind of wondering, you know, what's going on here? When is Mika Zibanejad going to put it together? Well, he's put it together in a big way. And I also would just like to say thank you to Mika Zibanejad because as I talked about, I was at the game and that was the first hat trick that I've ever seen live and in person. So that was obviously cool. And obviously, given that the arena is only 10% full, you don't have as many hats going down onto the ice as you typically would have uh, when Madison Square Garden is packed to the rafters. But there were a good amount of hats. You know, they came from all angles. And I thought about throwing mine, but I had the net in front of me. We were kind of behind the goal, uh, the goal that the Rangers were defending in the first and third periods, if you want to have a little bit of a visual as far as where I was sitting. You, you could see on Twitter, I posted a picture of uh, the seats that my wife and I had and kind of the angle that we were looking at. But just obviously really cool to see in person. And all these goals were just fantastic. I mean, he gives the Rangers a 1-0 lead just a couple of minutes into the game. Alexi Lafreniere with a really nice pass to his right to Mika Zibanejad. And it's one of those plays where as soon as Mika received the pass, you could tell he was going to score. I mean, he just had it in prime real estate. He just looked like a guy that was about to put the puck in the net, and that's exactly what he did. Gave the Rangers the 1-0 lead, like I said, just a couple of minutes into the game. As far as his second goal, the Rangers are operating on the power play. And Artemi Panarin, uh, he's got the puck kind of in his office, in that left face-off circle there. He shoots the puck. No, he didn't really shoot it, but he basically, he was looking for the deflection. You could tell him and Mika were on the same page, and this is what they wanted to do. Mika was kind of in the slot area, and Panarin, you know, put the puck right on the tape for Mika Zibanejad, and Zibanejad deflected it uh, over to Karski's shoulder and into the net to uh, give the Rangers a 3-1 to lead that was getting late in the first period there. And then Mika completes the hat trick just 2.05 into the second period. He basically just explodes into the zone up the right wing. He was right in front of us from where we were sitting, and he puts the shot on net through the five hole now. Tokarski got a little piece of it, enough to slow it down, but you could see from where we were sitting that the puck was going to cross the line, and it was moving slowly, but you could tell that it had just enough steam to get across the line, and in indeed, that is exactly what happened. Crossed the line by a couple of inches there, but it was just great because you knew the hat trick was coming. It was like in slow motion there. You knew that Tokarski wasn't going to be able to recover. He wasn't going to be able to turn around and get on top of the puck. There were no Buffalo defensemen there to keep it from going in, so yeah, a slow motion hat trick for Mika Zibanejad there, but that was awesome. It was cool to see some hats being thrown onto the ice. And again, I considered it, but with the net in front of me, I don't really uh, think there was any way for me to get my hat out there anyway. So uh, yeah, very, very cool to see a hat trick in person. If you've never seen it, uh, it's really a neat thing. And it was obviously nice to see Mika Zibanejad come away with the hat trick in this game, continuing his resurgence this season and uh, running his goal total up to 19. He has a chance to lead the Rangers in goals by the time this season is over. Right now, he trails only Pavel Buchnevich and Chris Kreider, and they both have 20. So he's right there. He's got a shot at it. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, 
And unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. By the way, in this game yesterday, Adam Fox with another three assists, basically just another day at the office. He picked up the primary assist on Capo Caco's goal that put the Rangers up 2-1. to one. That gave them the lead for the rest of the game. He also picked up a secondary assist on the second goal that was scored by Mika Zibanejad and another secondary assist on the goal by Mika Zibanejad that gave Mika the hat trick. So, I mean, what else can you say about Adam Fox? He should be the Norris Trophy winner this season. You know what? If Fox doesn't win the Norris this year, I might just boycott talking about all NHL awards going forward on this podcast because think about it. I mean, Artemi Panarin absolutely cheated out of the Hart Trophy last season. Adam Fox was cheated last season by not at least being a nominee for Rookie of the Year, the Calder. And if he doesn't win, being nominated isn't good enough. He is the best defenseman in the NHL. I've been saying that and saying that and saying that. He deserves to be the Norris Trophy winner this season. And he's certainly making a heck of a case for himself down the stretch here, uh, closing the season with quite a bit of authority. Another three helpers last night, and it's like you barely even noticed it because you've just become so accustomed to Adam Fox doing this on a night-in and night-out basis. But just truly a fantastic season. And for my money, I really think I can say this already. He might be the absolute best defenseman that the Rangers have had on this team since Brian Leach. And that is high praise. I understand that. I understand a lot of Dan Girardi fans out there, a lot of Ryan McDonough fans out there. You can count me among you. But, I mean, as far as just how good he is this early in his NHL career and the amount of upside that he has going forward, yeah, to me, Adam Fox might be above both of those guys already, even though he's just two years into his career. Two goals for Capo Caco as well. We might as well talk about these and, again, just continue to celebrate what was obviously an awesome couple of days here for the New York Rangers. 
This goal was just a thing of beauty. The Rangers weren't on the power play here, but it really looked like they were. And this goal was scored on the opposite end of the ice from where myself and my wife were sitting. But, I mean, we had a great look at it. Adam Fox gets the puck. He's on the left side. He makes just a fantastic pass to his right diagonal across the ice. Capo Caco from a little bit of a sharp angle just basically winds back, cranks it home, gives the Rangers the 2-1 to one lead. And uh, Caco, you know, beyond the two goals, he had a really nice night for the Rangers, I thought. He has become... Uh, really, really strong on the puck along the boards. There were a couple instances in this game alone. It wasn't necessarily like a bone-jarring hit that he dished out, but with his body positioning and just his size and strength, he was basically able to just knock guys off the puck and take it away and create more scoring opportunities out of that. We're seeing so much more out of that from Capo Caco than we saw from him last season. And of course, that's somewhat understandable given that Caco last season was just getting used to life in the NHL, just getting acclimated, kind of getting his feet wet. But I think he's starting to uh, realize that he can use his physical tools as well becoming a really strong power forward for the New York Rangers right before our very eyes. And then his second goal, you know, this is something else that we didn't see a ton from him last season either because he went right to the net. He was positioned in front, wasn't going to let anybody knock him out of there. Tokarski made the initial save on a shot by Buchnevich, but the puck is laying there. It drops to everybody's feet right there in the crease. Everybody's kind of hammering it away. Rangers trying to stuff at home. Sabres trying to get it out of there. Kako would not be denied. Stuffs the puck home. Gets one of those dirty goals. Again, positioned in front of the net. And uh, as soon as he scored, he kind of got knocked down by one of the Sabres defensemen. But very nice to see Capo Kako sticking his nose in there. Getting one of the dirty goals. You know, we know these kids. Kako, Lafreniere, Hedo, they've got all the talent in the world. But it is fun to see uh, anybody really on the Rangers, but especially these young, talented kids, get a couple blue-collar goals every now and then as well. Uh, Capo Kako really beginning to come into his own. I mean, I know he's only got eight goals. I know there's people that wish he had more points this season, but he is getting there. He is improving. And if you don't see that, then you're just not paying very close attention. Kako is getting there, as is Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, again, that top line with him and Mika and Buchnevich continuing to click. I talked about in a recent episode how I didn't like the idea of just kind of punting on the season and just kind of making the rest of this regular season almost like a preseason for next year and doing this by, you know, moving all the young players into top six roles without really giving it a lot of thought. To me, the playoffs were and still are very much a possibility. Yes, it's an uphill battle. Yes, the Rangers are still four points behind the Bruins. And yes, the Bruins still do have two games in hand on the Rangers, but I'm not willing to give up. And being there in the arena yesterday, I can tell you these players aren't ready to give up either. Uh, but I do like the idea of switching Lafreniere and Chris Kreider because Kreider had really been in a slump and you just try to see if maybe, you know, putting him down with the kids can get Kreider going, if it can get Hedl and Kako going a little bit. Kako, of course, comes away with two goals yesterday. And with Lafreniere, it's kind of like, all right, well, let's just roll the dice with him on the top line. And so far, it's worked out very nicely for Alexi Lafreniere. Hopefully, Kreider can get it going as well. Uh, we did talk about how he had a goal against the Flyers. So that's at least a step in the right direction. But yeah, I would be pretty surprised if the Rangers do a whole lot to tinker with these lines. Obviously, it's worked very well over these last couple of games here. And it's a situation that we will continue to monitor going forward. But I thought what we could do here to kind of wrap up today's episode is I could kind of share my experience of being back inside Madison Square Garden. Anybody who's been lucky enough to be inside the Garden this season whether it's anybody that I know personally or anybody that's been a guest on the show. I've always been kind of fascinated to find out what it's been like because, of course, you know, at the beginning of the season, there were still no fans of any kind being allowed into Madison Square Garden or anywhere else in the NHL, I don't think. I don't think there were any fans in any of the arenas to begin the season this year. And what we did, we've had a couple of guests on here. We've been lucky enough to get a couple of guests who have been covering the Rangers and had the experience of being in there either for an empty arena or the arena filled to 10% capacity. And we've kind of asked them about their experiences. We had Abby Mastrocco. Abby covered the opening night loss that the Rangers had to the Islanders. The less said about that game, the better. But I definitely found it interesting to kind of uh, 
find out about her experience inside Madison Square Garden, which at the time, once again, no fans whatsoever. And then we also had Vince Mercagliano, friend of the show. He's been on here quite a few times, but Vince has had the pleasure of covering the Rangers uh, through these last couple of seasons. And of course, at the beginning of this season, he also had the experience of being inside Madison Square Garden without any fans there. And then he's also obviously been there since they started filling the arena to 10% capacity, which was, of course, also the case yesterday when I was there. And I've just found it very interesting to kind of hear their stories, kind of get their perspective of seeing Madison Square Garden in a very unique light, not having a ton of fans in it, because that place is usually absolutely packed to the rafters. But yeah, yesterday, I mean, it's kind of what you would expect. You know, it's 10% capacity, so... By and large, there's a lot of empty space in there. You know, there's a lot of uh, room to move around. When you kind of walk through the concourse, even between periods, it really does kind of hit you like, wow, there are not a lot of people here. And there's, it is kind of nice that there's so much room to move around. And, you know, there were a couple of times watching this game, I, I kind of reminded myself to do this, just kind of look around and take this whole thing in and, and just look at the arena and look how weird this looks, look how unique this looks. Again, just 10% capacity and everybody just really spread out. Uh, but the one thing that I have to kind of share with you guys, I, watching this team this season, when they started allowing fans into the arena, the thing that really hit me was how loud that arena still seemed, even at just 10% capacity. And I can now tell you from being there firsthand that, yes, there's a good amount of noise that these people can make. You wouldn't think, you know, looking around the arena, seeing how many people are there, or more accurately, how many empty seats there are, you wouldn't think that that few people can make that much noise, but they do. I mean, that place was absolutely rocking after some of these goals. Uh, there was an instance in this game where Alexi Lafreniere got tangled up with Dylan Cousins of the Sabres, and there was basically just a giant wrestling match between the two of them. Uh, they were far away from the play. The The action was down on the other side of the ice. It's one of those things that when it happens on TV, I would imagine the hard camera was not focused in on Lafreniere and Cousins at that time because the camera's obviously going to follow the play. But when you're there, you know, obviously you can look wherever you want, and everybody was kind of locked in on that. I mean, this went on for like 30 or 45 seconds. They were just kind of wrestling with each other. They both kind of fell to the ice. Lafreniere had Cousins in a headlock. Cousins got up and cross-checked him. Uh, but all this is a long way of saying that the crowd was very audible. They were very loud in reacting to this and in eventually wanting a penalty called against Cousins because Cousins basically threw a cross-check while standing over Lafreniere. Uh, the ref was right there. He didn't call anything. But, you know, the fans were booing because not too long after this, they called Strom for either hooking or... or tripping or something like that, and the fans really let the ref have it because this ref had just watched uh, Lafreniere take a cross-check while his opponent was standing over him. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of noise coming from the crowd on that one. I should back up a little bit to when we were uh, going into the arena, my wife and I, and it's one of those things where nobody really knows what to do or where to go or who to show their ticket to or who to show their negative COVID test to, and everything's on your phone. And as you're going through all these lines and encountering all these different workers at Madison Square Garden, you're not sure what they want to see, if they want to see your ticket, if they want to see your negative COVID test, whatever it might be. Uh, but eventually, you know, you work your way through there. You go through the security just like always. And let me just say, before I talk about this any amount further, every single worker that we encountered at Madison Square Garden was absolutely fantastic. They were very helpful and kind of uh, showing us where we need to go, what we need to do, all those things. So... If you're kind of on the fence about going to a Ranger game or not, given the current climate and given the fact that, you know, COVID is still very much a thing, I don't want to uh, make this decision for anybody, but I will say that my wife and I both felt very safe the entire way through there. I think that Madison Square Garden did an absolutely fantastic job of, you know, making sure everybody was clear, everybody was safe to go inside the game, and then also just kind of the seating arrangement. You know, they space people out. There's nobody near you. I mean, there might be a couple of people in your row, 
Like, for instance, on our left, we had a mother and her young child. And then on our right, we had two guys. They were probably in their 30s. Uh, they were there as well. But that was it for our row. And they have, for every row that there's fans sitting in, there's two rows of not having fans sitting in. Or at least that's how it worked in our section. So you are really spread out. And, again, you should only go back to Madison Square Garden. You should only go to a Ranger game. You should only go to a pro sports game of any kind if and when you are feeling comfortable and you think it's safe to do so. But I can say from my experience, I felt very safe in there, never felt that like we were in any danger or anything like that. So if you want my personal recommendation, if you're kind of on the fence about it, I say go for it. It's very unique to be in there, only 10% full. But I will say this, you know, you look around and you just see fans dotted all over the arena. It's really hard to see that and not think of how we got here in the first place, this horrible pandemic. And listen, obviously we want to have everything go back to normal as soon as possible. We want to have Madison Square Garden filled to the brim. But as unique of a situation as it is, you know, you can't help but be reminded of like, yeah, wow, this is because of this horrible pandemic that cost the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. And it, it does kind of uh, bring you back to reality a little bit. But, you know, it's definitely an experience that I'm glad my wife and I got to share. It's, again, very unique. That's the word that I keep coming back to. But again, if you're Kind of not sure about whether to go or not. I say check it out. There's only a few home games remaining. Overall, it was a very, very enjoyable experience. And I do have a couple other stories I can share about our experience there. Kind of give you guys a better feel of what it's like to be inside Madison Square Garden right now. I will save that for tomorrow's episode just because, you know, we're kind of up against the time limit here. We are coming up on 30 minutes, and I don't want to feel like we have to rush our way through this, so we'll save a little bit of that for tomorrow. We're also going to be talking about the Rangers game against the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow night. The puck drops at 7 p.m. for that. That will also be in Madison Square Garden. And believe it or not, that is the seventh to last game for the New York Rangers in the regular season this year. Notice I said regular season because, once again, I am not giving up on the playoffs. I know some people want the Rangers to concentrate on their future, make sure the kids get as much playing time as possible. Like I said in a recent episode, the Rangers can walk and chew gum at the same time. They can continue to develop these players while still doing everything they can to put their best foot forward to potentially get into the playoffs because that's another takeaway that I had from being at Madison Square Garden yesterday. You watch these guys interact with each other and you can watch this on TV too, but I feel like you can kind of sense it a little bit more when you're there and in person. These guys have not given up. They very much are well aware of the task at hand, where they are in the standings, what they have to do, how big every single game is, and the fact that there is a playoff spot that is still there for the taking. Yes, it is an uphill battle. They're probably going to have to get some help. They do have two games against the Boston Bruins, so they can take care of business if they are able to beat them twice. That's obviously a lot easier said than done. But believe me, it radiated from the ice, man. And I know they're playing the Buffalo Sabres, so, you know, of course they're going to win. They should win, et cetera, et cetera. This team is very much still driven to get themselves a playoff spot. So I think it would be a major mistake to just treat the rest of this regular season like it's a preseason for next year. A playoff spot is still very much within reach. Yes, it is an uphill battle, but the Rangers have not given up on us, so we should not be giving up on the Rangers. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, it's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.